This is Winning with ADHD, a podcast for parents to empower students. Build up your ADHD teens so that they recognize their own talents, creativity, and uniqueness. Get tips and tricks to help overcome executive functioning challenges. Listen to stories and experiences of what worked and what did not. Together, let's find ways to build your child's self-esteem and start winning with ADHD. And now, here's your host, Heather Walker. Welcome to the Winning with ADHD podcast. I'm Heather Walker, and today I would love to talk about masking and ADHD. A lot of times when you Google masking and ADHD, you're going to find ways that the person who has ADHD masks their behavior to attempt to show up in a neurotypical world where they are neurodivergent. But today I'd like to talk about how parents might mask their behaviors or mask um, their feelings or the situations that they're in, um, in coping with or finding or lack of finding solutions to work with ADHD as a parent. I'd like to start by saying uh, many of these ways are things that I've experienced where I've done the avoidance technique or the the masking, or I've um, kind of just confronted it full on. And so I just want to share a few of these. I'm hoping that as I walk through them, you might be able to identify ways that maybe you have masked as a parent of a child with ADHD, and maybe sometimes that you didn't mask and how you handled it really well. My I guess, philosophy on life is, is that looking through the lens of what we have done or becoming more knowledgeable in ways that we might show up, we can then work on improving how we show up in the future as um, our best self, right? Now, having said that doesn't mean that we always show up as our best self. We are humans and uh, emotions can take over or situations can be really hard. And so this is really just more of a reflective type of review of how we might mask, being aware of how we might mask, and then acknowledging it, and then choosing how we want to handle that going going forward. The first masking item I'd like to go over is avoiding conversations. This one can be really easy to do. You're mad about something, you're frustrated about something, you don't know how to handle a situation. So rather than confront it, you avoid it and you don't have a conversation. I have done this many times when I wasn't in a place to have a conversation because I was so emotionally charged around what was happening that I knew it was better to just not have a conversation. So having said that, there are times and places to avoid a conversation and to maybe postpone a conversation. But if we don't ever have a conversation and we're constantly avoiding it, and that doesn't allow us to find a solution that helps build the relationship and find success for Um, you as a parent or success for your child in working through this. And really you need to think about what is your definition of success? Is your definition um, purely relationship-based? Is it partially relationship-based with um, skill-based as them being able to be successful in life as they 
move throughout the different stages of, you know, through school and then to a job and being able to support themselves, things like that. There are tons of reasons why we might avoid a conversation because it's hard and maybe we don't have the answers, but I would like to challenge you to say that if you find yourself constantly avoiding a conversation, maybe you change the way that the conversation looks. Maybe we look at it and say, if I'm avoiding the conversation because I don't have a solution and I don't know how to solve it. And that because I'm the parent, I should have the solution and a way for us to get out of this, then I would suggest maybe asking your child, what could be some options? Now, I've already shared this story before where um, Emily was in 10th grade. It was kind of the catalyst conversation that we had to starting the Winning with ADHD podcast, where I said, I keep providing ideas and solutions. You keep saying, okay, or don't do them. I am out of ideas. What are your ideas? And she just screamed back binder. And I was like, that's not going to do anything. Right. And so, um, that conversation that we had while we didn't come to a solution in that conversation, it allowed me to process what was being said and saying that, gosh, we probably make, need to make some really big changes and I don't know what they are. And took that as an opportunity to really think about that, that allowed us to come up with solutions that started us down a path of winning with ADHD. The next masking trait that I would like to share is denial. I have seen this happen multiple times where um, I've, you know, friends or acquaintances have just been in denial of the fact that their child might have ADHD or some other type of neurodivergent um, diagnosis or in the way that they present. And um, I think ultimately that causes a lot of harmful things in the long run in that you're unable to provide the resources for your child and ultimately strains the relationship as well. And so if you are in denial, you might be downplaying your child's symptoms or think that they might outgrow them or that they are not a significant issue that needs to be addressed. Um, I think this happened a lot in the 80s, specifically to ADHD, and then definitely for those that were girls, because it wasn't recognized. It was a newer diagnosis, primarily recognized in boys. And then um, it wasn't until later that it was um, acknowledged that it presented in girls. And so I think, um, you know, as you go further back in time, this might have been something that happened more often. But I also think that denial happens today and that the picture that we as parents create, that that doesn't fit into of what we thought it would look like. Or maybe we just flat out don't know how to handle it. And so we're just going to like push back and say, this is the expectation. This is where we are. The next way that parents might mask is through over-delegation. So maybe they recognize that their child has ADHD um, and they over-delegate their child's care to the management of teachers um, or other family members, maybe therapists, and kind of remove themselves from it. 
Now, there is a healthy level of involvement um, because one of the other masking traits that we have is um, an inability to, or not an inability, an avoidance of self-care as a parent. So you could go the opposite direction to where you take it all in and you don't delegate at all. So both of those are masking techniques of trying to control the entire situation or hand off the control of the entire situation. I think there have been times and places or um, maybe specific situations where I've done both, right? Where I leaned heavily on Emily's IEP um, teacher to manage pieces because I was burnt out and I didn't have the mental bandwidth to be able to do it. And then there've been other times where I've been like, kind of like a go-getter of like, nope, I'm going to control all these things. And if I do all of these things, then it will flow nicely. And I won't have to deal with the pain of having missing assignments or the pain of not showing up where she was supposed to, or all of those different things. And I'd really say that we need to look for a balance in between those of being able to rely on our family members or others within the community, but also owning part of it as well. And maybe even that looks like taking a break. This is an area where I really struggle. We've, um, there've been a few times where my husband and I have had the opportunity to go out of town for a period of time, whether it be for a work trip or um, just um, like an anniversary trip. And those have been really hard for me because when I leave, there's a lot that happens and there's a lot of concern that I have of how is Emily showing up? Is she being helpful or is she making it difficult for the person that I left in charge? And so a lot of times I don't enjoy my time away over the worry around that. And then other times I'm just like, I'm just not going to go because I don't want to let go of that. And so that is something that I'm working on is to say, what can I do to be able to allow for others to help so that I can continue to have the self-care that I need and show up, but also continue to build the relationships with um, other family members for Emily to build relationships, um, but also for myself to build relationships with both my husband and other family members. And then ultimately be able to continue to show up in the best way for Emily and for myself. So I think sometimes we get lost and um, we either completely pull away lost or we dive completely in lost Um and so just, again, remembering that balance of um, acknowledging how we're showing up, whether we're okay with it and what that's what we want to be doing. And if there is areas where we can let go or have a shift or allow others to help. Um, the next way that we can mask um, situations is excessive work. So that can be whether you um, have excessive work in gaining knowledge on ADHD and how to show up, or it could be excessive work as in you go and you clean your house to, um, to where it's perfectly clean. Or if you um, at your job where it's like you just dive in so that you are just so busy that you don't have time to think about it. I have done this one for sure, where um, it, whether it be projects that I put around the house or whether I dive in more at work, 
um, there are some good things about this in that it allows has allowed me to not let the thoughts that I have consume me. Um, but then there's also been times where it's just another avoidance tactic of being able to say, well, if I, if I don't focus on it and I don't spend a lot of time in it, then I can just ignore it for a bit. And I can put all of my efforts over here where I can feel maybe successful or like I have control or like I, um, am able to be productive in a different way. Uh, another way that, uh, parents might uh, mask is that they might blame themselves. They might blame their child. They might blame certain situations um, that have caused where you are today. Um, I think we learn through lots of different situations, experiences, and things that have been handed to us in life. And so um, blaming ourselves isn't going to um, help build relationships in any way. It really will just create more tension and is probably one of the biggest things that I strive to not have. I've seen situations where individuals haven't shown up in the way that, you know, a family member wants, and it just creates so much friction and confrontation, and then really kind of tears us down the relationship. And, I would say that we've had times in our home where we've been in those places where we've been angry or upset. And so again, this isn't to say that those feelings are invalid or that we shouldn't have them or that, um, that whatever you might think from that, but really recognizing that that's what's happening and then when you recognize what's happening, then you can kind of process that and look at what do we want to do? What do I ultimately want out of this? And um, maybe recognizing what we can control versus what we can't control, what our child can control versus what they can't control, and maybe what situations we're handing to us that we can control versus we can't control. And having that perspective can really help us to um, progress to a, a healthier place in, in parenting those with ADHD. The next one is avoiding professional help. And I have been on the side of seeking out professional help. And I've been on the side where I avoid it of like, no, 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 we're just going to get through this situation. It's just going to be fine. Um, a phrase from a long time ago um, that I... I don't hear it as often anymore, but um, not airing our dirty laundry, right? That's something that um, has been things that I think we do, even if we don't acknowledge that we don't do that. But if you go to somebody else and you talk about this, then they might look down upon you or they might think that you're a bad person or you might think that they think you're a bad person. And so um, thinking that we can just take care of it we should be able to do this as a parent. We should know all the answers. Well, I can promise you, we don't know all the answers. I actually read a, I guess a meme or something on Instagram recently that said that when they thought about and recognized that their parents were living their life for their, or living life for the first time too, it really kind of 
changed how they looked at things on how their parents were handling things. And so I would offer that to you as well. You are living life for the first time. You are being a parent for the first time. You are parenting this situation for the first time. And so having some grace for ourselves and knowing where to ask for help. Um, I think this one's a little bit different in a, in a sense that we don't think about getting help for education or help for, you know, getting a degree or, um, things like that, learning a skill being taught, you know, if you wanted to learn how to play tennis, you might go hire a coach and have them teach you how to be a tennis player. Uh, seeking professional help is very, is the exact same thing. We want to learn how to navigate the emotions that we have, navigate the scenarios and situations that we're in. And sometimes we need to go find professional help for that. Another one might be isolation. I have, um, again, done this myself where I just go to my room and I shut my door and I kind of pull myself away from the situations and I'll ask my husband to take care of them. And I would say probably more recently, that's been kind of one of those things of I isolate and avoid, and I ask my husband to take care of it. Right. And so that's kind of goes back to some of the other ones that we've been talking about of, you know, just avoiding it or over delegating it. Um, I have moments of both. And I think that there can be good timing for both. What that has allowed me to do when I am in a space where I kind of pull back a little bit allows me the, the space to be able to process some of the feelings or thoughts that I have and be able to come back. And again, that ties to that self-care. We are, as parents, we're, we're people and human too, and we need our time as well. And, um, so sometimes isolation can be good. And I think this really kind of ties into all of these items that we're talking about is that there's moderation in all things, right? Um, we can have moderation in our isolation, moderation in our, um, avoidance of the conversation or moderation in between the avoidance versus excessive conversation, because if you have excessive conversation, they're probably not listening to you anyway. And so um, that might create a new type of frustration. Another way that parents might avoid or mask um, dealing with, I say dealing with, um, handling situations that are coming up is through excessive screen time or just allowing their child to go and do whatever it is that they want to do so that they don't have to address the challenging behaviors. This can be a way that gives a break, right? But also again, back to that moderation and all things, if it's excessive and there aren't rules around the screen time or um, having some accountability set up, will create another problem from as a symptom of the excessive screen time. So we need to be mindful of that. Um, screen time is probably one of the biggest things right now, just because of the way that our kids interact and play. Um, but it could be a number of different things to where it's not forcing um, accountability on maybe getting ready for bed or doing chores or homework. And then the next one that I want to share is procrastination. 
where we procrastinate maybe getting the appointment with a professional um, for your child or for you, where maybe we procrastinate trying to get an IEP. Maybe we procrastinate um, changing medications if you have chosen that route. Maybe we procrastinate on um, doing the hard things of setting up a schedule or a routine, procrastinating a um, healthy sleep habit or routine, uh, enforcing homework, or maybe we just procrastinate looking at the missing homework assignment list because we know that that will cause a fight. Procrastinate those conversations, procrastinate um, dealing with the symptoms of avoidance, right? And then the last one, which I've talked about kind of along all of the way here is ignoring self-care, that we ignore our needs to help support the needs of our, of our child. And, um, we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, that that's not just necessarily exercise and, um, things like that, but maybe it's, um, going for a walk and not necessarily from an exercise standpoint, but there are many benefits to going for a walk that allows us to, um, get in some fresh air and be outside, maybe be alone for a minute in a healthy way, allow our brains to think a little bit. And there's been many times I go on a walk and I come back and I'm like, I've got this idea on what we're going to do. Um, and so, uh, there's just so many good health benefits for us. Um, not even just from like an exercise standpoint of I want to lose weight or I want to those things, but going for a walk helps us clear our minds and, uh, be able to think through things more clearly. So these are some of the ways that parents might mask their behaviors um, as they are working to help a child with ADHD. I think it actually applies to so many different areas in life, but with us focusing on winning with ADHD, I'd really just challenge you to look at how do you show up? Do you take tight control over everything and make sure every detail is handled? Do you just ignore it and let somebody else do? Or do you, what's probably more likely is you probably see yourself showing up in one way or the other, depending on how you are doing or how um, the situation at hand is affecting you. Um, we've had situations where Emily was so far behind in schoolwork that we did, um, where one of us avoided it as a parent and the other one was just like all in, like, let's get this done. Um, and so it's kind of interesting to look back on and see how we've shown up and, um, recognizing that the time in which we show up that way for how long we show up that way. And then how we choose to show up, um, after we've recognized that, that there's balance in between those different spaces and giving ourselves some grace when we show up in one of these ways to know that that means that we are handling it at the moment in that way, acknowledging that we're handling it that way in the moment and then going from there. I think acknowledgement of how we're showing up is a great way for us to continue to improve as parents, um, improve on making sure that we're in a great space, but improve on how we want to foster, build, support the relationship we have with our kid. And I think we 
I, well, I believe many of us want to have a good relationship with our kids and help them be successful, but also not feel that we are being punished at the same time. So I hope you guys have a great Halloween if you celebrate Halloween and um, which is kind of drove my topic of masking our behaviors. Um, Emily enjoys Halloween so much. She loves dressing up and pretending. And uh, I think sometimes that's a good reminder for us as adults that we get so focused on the actions and the tasks that we need to do that sometimes just remembering to step back and just have a good time. Anyway, talk to you guys soon. And I hope you find more ways to win with ADHD. Winning with ADHD is brought to you by Disrupt ADHD. Head on to disruptadhd.com slash learn more.